Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, April the 7th. Uh, Again, I say it, happy Easter to you. May the joy and the fullness of the resurrection uh, be with you today. Uh, It's so good, isn't it? It's so good. So today, uh, we're going to jump to Luke's gospel. If memory serves, we were with Matthew on Monday. We were with John yesterday, and today we are going to do a longer story, but it is a marvelous story out of Luke's gospel, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And so it is Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. So let us break open God's word together here today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So we went in to stay with them. And it happened that, while he was at table, while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? 
So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that so good? I mean, that, I, I mean, okay, there's so much in this story, and there's, there's no way in a brief podcast when I just read 20 verses of gospel that I'm going to be able to break this open in any way, shape, or form that's going to do it justice. So let's just focus on a few things. And the first is this. So once again, we see exactly what we talked about yesterday, right? So yesterday, Mary Magdalene, if you recall, was weeping outside the tomb, looked in, saw the angels, and they said, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Or, or, or woman, why are you weeping? And then she turns around and sees the gardener who asks the same question, why are you weeping? And then, of course, he asks and adds it, whom are you looking for? And, uh, and, but she didn't recognize him as Jesus. It wasn't until he said, Mary, that, that her eyes were opened and she realized with whom she was speaking, you know, that it was Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and then bowed down and held on to him. Well, we see the same thing today. So essentially what we have here, brothers and sisters, is the mass. It, now you may say, Joe, you're such a churchy person, but it's got all the elephants, elephants, it's, it has no elef, elephants in it. It's got all the elements in it of the mass in it. Okay, how do we do it? So the people gather, and, and in this case, it is uh, these two people who are leaving Jerusalem to Emmaus downcast. They believed Jesus was the Messiah. Uh, he was crucified, died. They believed he was the one who was, he was mighty in word and deed. He was going to be the one to redeem Israel. Uh, but yeah, there's some scuttle about how he's, his body is not there, that he might be raised, but we don't know anything about it. It just sounds like a bunch of, you know, talk. So we're, we're leaving town um, because our hopes were there. Our hopes died with him three days ago and, and we're leaving. And so the people are gathering, but they're discussing the word. They're open to this. And into that gathering, right, where two or three are gathered, our God is present with them, right? That's, that's the whole story. Uh, this third gathers. But they don't recognize him, just like Mary did yes, yesterday. These two don't recognize him either. And it's, you know, I think it would be easy for us to think, well, he must have been well cloaked. You know, they, he had something over, kind of like a, dark rider, you know, one of the black riders from Lord of the Rings. Oh, you know, hey, it's a warm day out here, but this dude has on black all over him. We can't see his face. You know, he's just talking to us. I'd, I'd be a little creeped out by something like that. They didn't get that sense at all. So I don't think it was merely this person was well disguised that came up to him. They simply didn't recognize who it was. And again, I use that imagery from yesterday, Paul's imagery, not mine, of the seed and the plant being of the same essence, but they are different things. Yet, yet the one is the foundation for the other. And so the risen Christ clearly um, 
is able to look differently, act differently. I mean, how many of you can walk through walls or, or disappear after bread is broken? I, I can't. And so clearly, this risen Christ has elements of, of Jesus, the, the Nazarene, but is more, is more. So into this uh, aspect, Jesus, uh, 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 the Christ, enters. They don't recognize him. And he's so good. He just prods them with questions and says, what are you talking about? Are you the only person who doesn't know what's going on? What things? <laughs> and then Clopas, you know, um, goes on and on. So who the heck is Clopas? It's Cleopas, C-L-E-O-P-A-S in, in this reading. But we've heard his name many times. In fact, um, Mary, the wife of Clopas, it, I, only in those Gospels, uh, C-L-O-P-A-S, they, they take the E out, um, that uh, she was one of the women who stayed with Jesus on the cross. So clearly Clopas, or Cleopas, however one says his name, and his wife were strong disciples. Um, so much so that he even says, if you notice later on, um, that uh, some women from our group, however, have astounded us. So he is talking about himself as apostle, himself as disciple. From our group, some women went and came back and told us these things. So Clopas and this other person uh, with whom he's walking were part of the inner circle. I, I like to think of it as this is Clopas and his wife Mary. Um, Mary, the wife of Clopas, who was at the, the cross of Jesus, who was one of the women, if memory serves, who came on that morning uh, and the tomb was empty. She, this couple, is leaving um, because they're downcast. And, and to them, Jesus comes and, and says, what things? They break open. You know, they, they explain all these things. And then Jesus says, how foolish are you? And he begins to break open the word, right? And help it make sense to them. They've heard the word before, but he's helping it make sense to them in the context of all these things that happened. And then what I think is the most beautiful part, they arrive at a mass. And Jesus uh, lets on that he's going to be moving along. And, uh, and they say, no, come stay with us. And so he does. And he, and he breaks open he, in the midst of the meal takes the, the bread and blesses it and breaks it. And with that, their eyes are opened. I mean, again, do you see the elements of the Mass? The two people came together in the name of Christ, and they're, and they're discussing those things. Jesus enters in with them where two or three are gathered, and then they break open the Word together and help it make sense in their lives. And that leads to the Eucharist. And, and they, they gather around the table and, uh, and bread is taken and blessed and broken and shared. And with that, you know, again, our eyes are open. And what do they do? Then they run. They run seven miles back to Jerusalem to tell the people uh, of the risen Christ. And we, at the end of every Mass, are sent to go and tell people about it. We come together. Christ is in our midst. We break open the Word. It makes sense in our lives. We, we break open the Eucharist. And, uh, and, and, and it finds a home within us, and we run to tell people about it. All of the elements of the Mass are in this story, but I want to focus on two, well, I think two things. You know me. It may be more. I want to focus on, um, and, and I focused yesterday on the fact that they didn't recognize, so I won't focus so much on that. 
But I want to focus on the fact that when they got to, to Emmaus, Jesus led on like he was going to keep walking. But they had to say, hey, it's almost evening. It's late. Come in. Come, come spend time with us. They had to actively invite Christ into their life. And, um, and he came. And he, and he dined with them. And he let them know of his presence. But had they not done that, I suspect Jesus would have simply kept walking. And, um, and they would have had the benefit of having the word broke open and having him walked with them and their hearts burn on the way. But that would have only been about halfway, right? It's like if you and I were to leave Mass halfway through. There are benefits there. There's no doubt about that. But it's not the fullness of what, of what that prayer invites us to. That decision, my friends, you and I have to make it every day. We have to make it maybe every hour. Um, and, and we have to make it, I suspect, many, many seasons of our life. Um, and it shows the, the courteousness. I just love that word, how courteous God is for us. That, that free will is this great and wonderful gift that he's given us. But even God won't go against that free will. Um, that he honors it. But to the extent we set that aside and invite him in and say, Lord, may your will be done. May you come in. I, I want my will and yours to be the same. Then God in God's greatness comes in and has supper with us and opens us up to recognize his spirit within and among us. But that act has to be ours. And, and it's not that God leaves us. Uh, and, and when I say we have to do it, you know, more than one time or we have to do it constantly and, and, and throughout our lives, throughout our day, um, I don't think it's, it's God leaving us. I, I think my tendency, and, and I think this is a human tendency, is to leave God. Uh, because other things get more important. And, and in a sense, it's a regrounding of my spirit. It's a regrounding of my day to remember, what is my day about? What is my life about? What are, what are, are these gifts about? What are, what are you know, these moments or these interactions or these relationships? What are they about? Lord, come into them. Come into them. Because they are your gift. They are your essence. They are your... Um, uh, Without you, I mean, they're your presence in them. I mean, it's all you. And I want to remember that because I can have a tendency to make them about me. And so I love that image of God's courteousness, but our need to invite him in. I'm sure you've all seen that uh, wonderful painting, and I think I've referenced it before, but that uh, has Jesus standing outside the door knocking. I think it's hung in uh, Westminster Abbey in, uh, in England, in London. But it shows Jesus outside a door knocking. You know, I behold, I stand outside the door and knock. And the one who opens, I will enter in and have supper with them. I mean, that doesn't come from this story. It comes from, I want to say it's Revelations. But that same image we hear in this story. And, of course, that door in that painting doesn't have a knob from the outside. It has to be uh, open from the inside. 
you and I have to do it with our will. And our God gives us that will, and he, and he honors that will. But he invites us to open it and invite him in. And when he does, our lives are changed. Okay, so how does that life change? How does that happen? I mean, in the course of the dinner, it says, he took the bread. It's not like it was given to him. It's not like, you know, what's he going to do now? Christ made it happen. He knew what they needed. And in the course of the dinner, and it happened that while he was sitting with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. And with that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us in the way and opened the scriptures? Brothers and sisters, three things had to be broken in order for that fullness to be recognized. And I love this image. Their hearts were broken as they left Jerusalem. They had to know that they needed more than what they had. They needed a savior. They had to be open. The ground had to be tilled. Secondly, the the word had to be broken open for them to understand it and understand Christ's presence within it in in the word and in the actions that had taken place. They didn't understand it. They had heard the words, but they didn't know. And so the word had to be broken open so they could understand and say, of course that made sense. But thirdly, the bread had to be broken and once all those brokenness happen, I think if we only come at Mass halfway through, and, and as wonderful as that is, and we only get the brokenness of the bread, I think we miss out, and it's less. Because we didn't have the, the, the Word broken open to us. And we didn't participate with one another in that, that act. Um, I think we need all three. I think we need to know we're in need of a Savior. We need to know that that bread or that that word needs to be broken open so we can help it take root within our lives as Ezekiel does. We have to eat the scroll so it makes sense within us that that word takes root. And then, of course, the Eucharist has to be broken open so we can become that which we eat, that body of Christ, because we can't be the body without the body. And I love that image. They said, you know, we knew. When our hearts burning within us, we knew he was there. We knew it. We just didn't name it. We didn't name it. Brothers and sisters, let's make no bones about it, and I'll end with this. Christ is present among us. He is present within your life and mine constantly. And you know what? I think our body, our spirits, our hearts, I think they know it, even our minds, far more than we give it credit for. We just aren't naming it. There are those, and I used this term yesterday, I've used it before, those thin places where God just is present to us. I mean, I've talked about Thomas Merton before as he was crossing the street in Louisville. It was just one of those sacred moments in his life where he knew, he knew of the oneness of everyone, of all creation, and how much he loved them. And then the moment was gone. But that's all he needed was that one moment to know of its oneness. He didn't stay on that mountaintop. He came out of it, but he remembered it. The same with Mother Teresa. She was on the the train, was it to Darjeeling, and and her life was changed. She knew of that that unity, that, that mystical relationship she had with God and who God was and how God was present all around. And for her, it was in the poor, and it changed her life forever. She didn't stay on that mountaintop. She came off of it, but she remembered. 
Brothers and sisters, we just have to know our hearts burn within us. And there are, are occasions when that thin, that place becomes thin and God's presence is there. We just, and we know what we know, but we have to remember. We have to be like Thomas Merton and Mother Teresa, people of memory that say, I don't need to live on that mountain top all, top all the time. That's not fair. But I need to be a person who remembers the thin place that God is present in all that, and that changes my life forever. We need to have broken hearts. We need to have the word broken, up to, broken open for us. And we need, by the gift of God, to have the, the bread broken and given. Christ is present in all, and our eyes are open. And what do we do then? We run. We run, and we share it with whoever it is. Brothers and sisters, this story is our story. God is alive today. How do we wake up? How do we sense what our body already knows? Because our God comes to us mysteriously dressed in the, Mother Teresa would say, in the distressing disguise of the poor, but in, in many ways. And, and it's those times when we don't recognize him with our eyes or with our mind that we must recognize him with our hearts because our hearts will burn when our God's light and life is present to us. Let's pray. And so we just invite uh, all of our, our intentions, whatever they are, let's bring them before our, our, our God of new life who can breathe new life into this situation, whatever this situation is for us today. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third glorious mystery, the descent of the Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, once again, happy Easter to you. Uh, may you just bask, settle, sit in the peace and the joy of the resurrection. I look forward to us gathering together again tomorrow.